Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More of your phone calls a little bit later. Chris Spatola of ESPN is going to drop by in 30 minutes. We are happy to be joined now by another of the best of the weekend coaches out there. Ryan Odom of UMBC dropped by live an hour ago. And another guy familiar in our neighborhood, Brad Brownell. His Clemson Tigers alive and kicking in the Sweet 16 for just the fourth time in school history. He took UNCW Seahawks to the NCAA tournament twice in his four seasons as their leader. Success at Wright State and now for these last eight years at Clemson. Brad Brownell, welcome back to the David Glenn Show and congratulations, man. How are you? Yeah, doing great, David. Thanks, buddy. A little groggy. We, uh, we had the red eye last night, got home about 7 a.m., so we're still trying to figure it all out, but super excited and uh, couldn't be more proud of the way our guys played uh, this weekend in San Diego. Well, I sincerely appreciate you squeezing us in during what must be a tornado for you all, but a good tornado. When you sat down with us at the ACC Media Day way back in the preseason, I remember your optimism, but in your heart all the way back then, did you believe that a team picked near the bottom of the ACC standings had a sweet 16 run in them? You know, I really did think we were a good team. I really did. I thought we uh, we had all the pieces uh, to be very successful. I thought we, you know, I was just a little concerned if we'd have enough depth. Um, but I, I thought Dante Grantham and Gabe DeVoe were both going to emerge as really good players this year. I think Dante Grantham had a subpar junior year, but he, he is one of the absolute, one of my absolute favorite kids that I've ever coached. Uh, probably as genuine, as humble, and uh, as happy for other people's success as his own. He's probably one of the best teammates I've ever coached. And uh, our team has kind of taken on his personality. And uh, I think his game was, I knew his game was really going to elevate when we lost Jerron and some of those other guys because he, he was a guy that probably deferred and his game suffered almost because he was such a, an unselfish guy, almost to a fault. Uh, and I knew in this year's team he would he would have to respond, and he would. And uh, he had a great summer, so I thought he would play really well. And then Gabe DeVoe was just a guy that's waited his turn. And, uh, I've always thought Gabe had this in him. And to be honest with you, I was hoping it would come a little earlier. Yeah. Um, but it just took a little while longer to, to kind of get the full confidence. He showed flashes of really good play as a young player, uh, freshman and sophomore. He had a couple of games where he really played well, but just the consistency of it. But I thought when he got to this point, he would really be ready. And then Marquise Reed and Shelton Mitchell and Elijah Thomas, those guys were all now in their second year in the ACC. And having been through it the year before, and obviously losing all the close games like we lost, I thought I knew our guys would have a little bit of a chip on our shoulder to like prove people that we're 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 going to be good. And uh, so I was really confident in our team this year. Brad Brownell joining us on the David Glenn Show. You can follow Coach on Twitter at Coach underscore Brownell. Eighth year with the Tigers, first year in the Sweet 16 in his 16 seasons as a head coach. 25 and nine Clemson as they head to Omaha to take on number one seed Kansas on Friday. Dabo Sweeney's name popped up on TV uh, this weekend. I think of Clemson, Coach. I mean, Dabo cranks out ACC titles, trips to the national championship game, a national title. I've seen your baseball team and a lot of other sports uh, sort of ride that wave as well. Tell us how Dabo has supported your program, as I know you as a multi-sport fan yourself have always been about, you know, all Clemson sports uh, succeeding on and off the field over the years. Yeah, we, obviously Dabo and I have a 
we have a really good relationship. Uh, you know, we're just about the same age, and and uh, so we we became fast friends right when I when I got to Clemson, and uh, before he was really known as Dabo back then. You know, now he's famous and everything, yeah. but back then those first couple of years he was he was fighting and scratching just like I am. Uh, but just became fast friends. I have a lot of you know believe in a lot of the same things how to how to run a program and same values and. Uh, a lot of the same interests. Dabo's a huge basketball fan. He played high school basketball. Was a good high school basketball player. Plays new time basketball, and and so he's he loves coming to games. You know, um, obviously we go to all the football games, and so part of that's just the Clemson family over here. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna be around the coaches and uh, of other sports. We're all really big fans and go to each other's events and and support each other. But obviously with Dabo and I being about the same age and his strong affinity for basketball we've we've become very good friends and uh so he's 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 at a lot of our home games and uh, sending texts before all these big games and all that and and so it's been a lot of fun you know the state of north carolina where you spent so much time is all about march madness and as it turned out coach five of the six teams that our state sent into the big bracket are already done as you know the, the duke blue devils are still alive and kicking tell us about our state's place in your universe because I saw Shelton Mitchell in high school here in North Carolina. I saw Gabe DeVoe in high school here in North Carolina. You guys in football, basketball, and other sports, given your location, uh, must make our state a a fundamental part of your plan. And in the case of those two guards, man, along with Marquise Reed, it's really paying off right now. Yeah, obviously North Carolina is a talent-rich state uh, in basketball. There's, you know, uh, near and dear to my heart with 12 years spent at UNC Wilmington and just wonderful time in my life uh, as a young coach down there, getting to know so many really good high school coaches in the state and programs. And, and uh, you know, because of that, we've always tried to recruit North Carolina. It's, it's obviously a very natural fit for us. Kids grow up, I think, wanting to play in the ACC from the state. Um, we're a short ride from most places and get to to see everybody. And I think, again, I just think the quality of coaching is very good. I think the quality of play is good. Uh, so we certainly try to try to put some time in that. And obviously this year with Shelton Mitchell and Gabe DeVoe, two of our better players, they're, they're both right there in that Charlotte Shelby area. So, um, you know, we're, we, we love the state of North Carolina, try to recruit as much as possible. There was a time years ago that you were kind enough to join our show and my voice was really struggling and I shared with you that I was a youth soccer coach and all that stuff. And you said, hey, DG, man, you, you might be overcoaching. You might be overcoaching. So there you are on national TV leading the Clemson Tigers to an historic Sweet 16 appearance. And what was your answer? I think it was your halftime interview. I just don't want to overcoach my guys. Tell, just elaborate on that. You were right about me as a youth soccer coach. Maybe it's just the, the wisdom of experience. Maybe you were always yeah. that way. I don't know, but tell us why it fit this circumstance. Well, you know, we were just, we're playing so well yesterday. um, that I just didn't want to get in my guys way too much. I didn't (laughs) want to give them too many things to think about, you know, just, I thought our defensive plan was good. Guys were doing some really good things. And if we just could stick with that, that, that we were going to make it hard for Auburn and then offensively in some ways kind of just get out of their way a little bit, let, let guys make plays. You know, when Gabe DeVoe gets it going, he's he's a dangerous deep shooter and, and can string them together as quick as anybody. And, and uh, I just want our guys to continue to play with confidence. And I think that's the thing I was as proud as any is 
as you know, it's hard. Uh, you have a 20-point lead uh, in the NCAA tournament. you got 20 minutes to play. Invariably, it seems like somebody's going to make a run at you. Yeah. We had a little bit of that in our first game with New Mexico State where they cut it. I think it was a 15- or 16-point lead to six, and we had to hold them off and were able to do it. But, you know, we really didn't let Auburn back in the game at all. We made a three right out of the right out of the shoot and then just kind of kept pushing the lead. And so I think that that was – uh, that's what we were obviously trying to do, but it's really hard to do. I think Cincinnati lost the big lead yesterday. Yes. Um, it's just, it's more difficult than people realize sometimes to finish off games like that. And uh, again, I just wanted our guys in a good mindset, confidence coming out. I didn't want to give them too much to think about. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. It was 84-53, the Clemson Tigers over the fourth seed Auburn Tigers. Friday in Omaha, it'll be the number one Kansas Jayhawks waiting for the Clemson Tigers of Brad Brownell. There's, once again, this is the third time in four years that the Atlantic Coast Conference has at least one quarter of the Sweet 16 all by itself. And it was, I think, five one year, six another year. It's four of the 16 this year. Do you think it's overstated, Coach, that, you know, the grind that you go through can make you a tougher version of yourself? Or are you a believer that, you know, living and breathing in this league can make you that much more prepared for March Madness? Yeah, I think playing in this league is unbelievably prepares you for the tournament because of all the different things you see through the 18-game season with all the different styles of play, obviously the quality of play, the quality of coaching, um, you know, short turnarounds, <clears throat> two-day preps, um, it, there's just so much that you see in a season of ACC basketball that you're not going to be surprised by anything that you face in the uh, NCAA tournament. And then I, and that includes the talent of your opponent. And, uh, you know, people were asking me a lot about Kansas and have a ton of respect for what they're able to do and all those things. But I think sometimes people forget, like, I think we're a Cinderella mid-major or something. Like, we play in the <laughs> ACC. Like, we, we see this every year all the time. We won 11 games in a pretty good league. So, like, we're okay. And, uh, but I do think our league, you know, again, an unbelievable example of, you know, Syracuse reaching another sweet 16, Florida state, you know, finished middle of the pack in our league beats the number one seed in the sweet 16. You know, we were whatever tied for fourth or whatever. And we're in the sweet 16. It's not just the powerhouses that finish one, two, and three every year, but you finish seventh, eighth, ninth in our league you can easily become a sweet 16 team. It's it just, you're good enough to, you know, possibly make a run to the final four if you can get in the tournament. And, uh, because of what you've had to deal with uh, for two months of the ACC regular season. Brad Brownell joining us on the David Glenn Show. Coach, I have friends and relatives who each year email me for my picks in the big bracket. And, of course, they're never thankful when I get stuff right, but they always complain if I get something wrong. I, I want to know through your basketball coach's eyes, what comes to mind when you see not a small surprise – you know, Carolina loses to Texas A&M. That's a surprise, right, to most of us. But UVA, a one seed, losing to UMBC, a 16 seed. I mean, I, after 31 years, I'm not sure I've been more surprised than that. What What do you say about something like that? Even as we all know, anybody can beat anybody, but that's that was a truly historic moment after 135 straight games where a one seed had beaten a 16 seed. Yeah, excuse me, it, it certainly is, you know, surprising. Uh, what's most surprising is that they were able to score that many points against Virginia. Right. 
you know, I, I, you know, we, we certainly weren't able to do it the two times we played them. Um, that's what was surprising to me. But again, some of it is the nature of the big stage, uh, obviously a little bit of pressure, um, and then a team playing with no pressure and, yeah. and confidence and making a few threes and all of a sudden the whole building's rooting for you and, and uh, it just shows the power of momentum in sports. And that goes back a little bit to that 20-point lead you're trying to hold on to. And, you know, one team that played unbelievable in the first half and can't seem to hold it together in the second, another team played terrible. I mean, I just think the power of momentum in college sports because of the nature of what these kids are dealing with and the pressure they're dealing with uh, as, as big and important a factor of it as anything we, we deal with. And uh, that's one of the reasons why you can, if you're playing well and playing confidently like we are right now, you know, you have a chance to be a Final Four team. If you just can get your guys going in a good spot, the power of, of momentum and confidence, uh, it's, it's hard to match that. Last thing for Brad Brownell, that picture that you just painted there, obviously you guys are not as big an underdog to Kansas as UMBC was to UVA, but you painted a picture that could happen for you all. You know, the Tigers, less pressure, the Jayhawks, more pressure. I don't know how the crowd will be in Omaha, whether they would swing your way if you guys got off to a well, good start. We're hoping all the Duke and Syracuse fans right? are going to try to get – try to cheer for us a little bit there in that first game. You'd think, I mean, is there enough conference love that with three of the four teams in Omaha, Nebraska, you know, those Midwestern states, they all run together in my eyes. I forget how far <laughs> Omaha is to, to Kansas. Be careful, be careful. Be careful. <laughs> but, I, but I know Syracuse, Duke, and Clemson fans, The most of the ones that I know can find a little love in their heart to root for a conference brethren, right? I would hope so. I would hope so, David, and I'm anxious to see how that goes. We obviously got to play well enough to to get ourselves in a position there in the second half to have a chance to uh, to win the game. But I would hope that we could get some of those folks to to, to cheer just a little bit for the for the uh, the Tigers down here. Real quick, the Jayhawks are led by a guy again who happens to be from North Carolina, Devontae Graham, All American, amazing, you know, Big Twelve player. Uh, what else jumps out at you about this challenge on Friday? You know, uh, they're three-point shooting. Uh, they make 10 threes a game, and they've got four guys making them. Uh, yeah. And they've got a couple couple guys making them now that maybe haven't shot them quite as well. Malik Newman has been playing lights, just lights out here the last, you know, couple weeks. And uh, LaGerald Vick is shooting the ball much better the last five games than um, his stat show for the regular season. Uh, ironically, Graham hasn't shot quite as well here the last couple games um, as he usually does, which usually is a bad sign because that means water's going to find its level and he's going to get hot, so we're going to have to do a good job on him. But their three-point shooting and athleticism, uh, Bill's done a really good job with the team because they're not the traditional you know, big, strong, power forward, uh, high-low motion that, that they've run in the past with some ball screen action. He's really playing four guards, spreading the floor, spacing you and they've got you know a couple guys that have already made uh, over 100 threes uh, again 10 threes a game it's it, that'll be a big key to the game is guarding a three i've learned over the years that all coaches have their own definitions of you know whether or not they got the most out of their team but i've been following you for a long time if this is not the best year of your head coaching career coach 
I'd love to hear the story about what is because this is a Sweet 16, 25 wins at least, picked at the bottom or near it, tied for third in the ACC standings. It's a great story wherever it ends. So congratulations to you and your guys. I love your Grantham story about his unselfishness. Uh, I hope you tell him those words as well because those are huge compliments to your injured senior. Thank you for the time on the David Glenn Show again, and, and good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, DG. Always good to be with you, buddy. Right back at you. Brad Brownell on Twitter at Coach underscore Brownell.